Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, welcome, and for those of you that are uh, streaming, we're on uh, route29solutions.org. You can catch the live stream as well as if you look under the uh, panel meetings tab, you'll find the agenda and the presentation for today's uh, for today's meeting. Uh, today we'll look at our standing items. Maybe we'll stream ourselves. We'll go through some introductions, our uh, normal uh, feedback uh, report on some recommendations and things we talked about the last panel meeting the open panel discussion piece, uh, our design plan submission schedule, and then really the meat of it, the project updates on uh, on all the Route 29 solutions projects. Dave will give us a little briefing on the plans on the 30% review comments on Route 29 widening, and then place naming next steps and our, our new business. But let's go ahead with our Introductions, Pete. Mark Graham, Albemarle County. Brad Sheffield, Albemarle County. Board of Supervisors. Chris Engel, City of Charlottesville. Karen Weiner, Charlottesville Fashion Square. Henry Weinstein, Consultant to Express Car Wash. Dave Covington, the VDOT Charlottesville Residency. Debbie Messina, Philip Chiquette Company. Al Jones, VDOT Charlottesville Residency. Lou Hatter, 29 Solutions Communications Manager. And Morgan Butler, Southern Environmental Law Center. Linda Collin, VDOT IT Support. And uh, VDOT has some folks uh, watching our meeting this afternoon, uh, part of a leadership uh, group that they're going through. Dean, did you want to introduce yourself and your group? Dean Gustafson, a state operations engineer and uh, one of our mentors to the, one of our leadership groups. Brooke Mallory, VDOT Learning Center. Hi, Hey, Brooke. Brian Casto, Lynchburg District Location Design Engineer. Terry Meadows, Lynchburg District Construction Engineer. Martin Holloway, Bristol, uh, Bristol Construction Division. I'm Matt Dana, I'm the Stanton Location Design Engineer. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead and get into. Um, into the uh, agenda. The last uh, meeting we had, our April 2nd meeting, there were 31 uh, viewers that joined us live streaming for a total of 90 streams, averaged about 22 minutes per stream, which is down a, down a bit from our March 19th meeting, but in the big world around numbers, it's about the same size of audience as far as our live streaming live streaming goes. Uh, for the next item, since the last meeting, there were two new email comments. There were no new postings on the provide input section of uh, route29solutions.org. One of the questions that we got, where can I find a photo or drawing of the completed 29250? interchange and for whoever 
asked that question, if you're watching, and Lou, uh, in your response to them, you can give them those two links. One is a, uh, a flat file drawing, a mosaic or of, the, uh, of the completed project, and then there's additional information on the project page itself, as you know. Uh, go ahead, Linda. <clears throat> we got an email that was really a message from a private company offering a mobile construction app that I took a look at their website is really geared, well, it could be geared to VDOT or the private sector. The big deal there is that if anybody's interested in offering anything like a mobile app to, to VDOT, that's not something that Dave can just decide to do or anybody, the procurement of any of those goods and services has to be in compliance with uh, Virginia state law. But Dave, I think we just passed along that email to you for your information. You, Lou, you should respond to that person and let them know that if they are interested in actually marketing an application, there's a process for that that we can't handle through the website. <clears throat> Another question we got as a result of a meeting was, does VDOT have any restrictions on businesses <coughs> located within the project limits regarding the erection of temporary signs on private property during the construction period? And the answer to that is no. VDOT doesn't have any restrictions on Philip, if I could for just a okay. second. I would know the county does and those are being changed right now or being right. considered for change. Uh, if anybody's interested in seeing the proposed ordinance amendments, which will be going up to the Board of Supervisors in May, in May just contact me. Okay. I'll put them in contact um, okay. with the people working on those ordinance All right. changes right now. All right. Well, the question that we got was specifically toward VDOT, whether or not VDOT had restrictions on signs for businesses that were located on private property, and the short answer, the answer is, is no, VDOT does There's a technical thing. Uh, there may be a construction easement that is on that property. That right. It's a construction easement, so they can be a private property provided they're not in the construction easement. Is that correct? Right. Correct. Right. That's correct. Karen? Well, it's jumping ahead, but I was going to ask today if we could, and I thought maybe Mark or Fred might be the best, because um, I was at the Planning Commission meeting um, last week when they mm -hmm. talked about the changes to the ordinances. So I don't know if it's being premature, but I know it is going to the Board of Supervisors, their, their recommendation, what they um, discussed. But I don't know if you could give us, not right now. Can we do that what, under the new right, business part? Yeah, it's yeah kind of absolutely. An overview yeah. of what they, there was like three, three main points. It, yeah. it, that's possible. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Brad, did you have? No. Yes. Okay. I, well, I'll bring it up during the widening discussion. Just concerns about the multi-use trail. Okay. And there's just there's been some contact just about that. So. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, item three, uh, our last meeting, we talked about delivering some half-size uh, plans. I didn't hear from anybody else that wanted any, but we delivered some to Henry. We delivered a set to Mark. Um, <coughs> The issue of 
of whether or not that single lane between IHOP and Hess would be sufficient in the evenings. I think Dave told us we didn't, although we didn't have nighttime traffic, we're going to keep a careful eye on that to make sure that the adequate number of lanes remains open. And then we're going to have that discussion about lighting a little bit more with the contractor as far as temporary lighting. If you'll remember that conversation came up last time. That's all I had in terms of reporting back on feedback from the last meeting. Okay. This is the open period for discussion. We could either discuss the ordinance here, if you'd like, or we can do it under new business. I'll leave that up to you when it's your turn. Anybody have any thoughts or items for discussion here, particularly anything you want to see on the agenda in a coming meeting? I have one question because I was asked a question and I had no clue. Somebody asked me if besides the categorical exclusion that already has been granted for this project, if there was an approval required by the Corps of Engineers. I drew a blank. I have no idea. In the permitting process, yes, they're involved. We have coordinated with the Corps of Engineers for jurisdictional waters, wetlands, streams. They have come out. We've flagged all the wetlands and streams. They have reviewed it to determine if they agree with those limits. They did agree. So we've included that amount of impact in the categorical exclusion process. We had an estimated number. We verified that the numbers are below those estimates. The Corps of Engineers would issue a permit for working jurisdictional waters. So, yes, there's still a permit pending from them. For Berkmar and 29 Widening and areas where we are actually impacting. Not for the GSI. There's no jurisdictional waters impacts. Okay. Anyone else? I'll just go ahead and talk about the temporary signs now. What's happened is the county recognized as part of this project that there was a number of construction and utility easements which were going to require removing, I believe it was 11 or 12 signs, current signs that were there. And the county's ordinance provision right now for temporary signs has a very limited amount of time, two weeks per use. So what we were trying to do is say that recognizing that as the project finishes up, these businesses may wish to reinstall their current sign. And if they have it and they want to, would be able to. But during this construction period may need something else. So basically we've modified or are looking at modifying our ordinance to allow them to keep a temporary sign for the duration of the construction period. I will note that beyond that, after we get through with that, we're going to go to start working with the community, getting a little feedback on whether other sign changes are needed, both within this construction area and overall as far as dealing with some of the impacts for these types of projects. It's a fairly simple change, simple for this first phase change. And I didn't bring any copies of it, so I don't have the specifics in front of me. 
But if anybody's interested in those, I can make sure to get those to them. Is that something you could just I can even provide the link. Go ahead and provide provide the link. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. And okay. There's, what is their point? I know it still needs to go to the board, I think, for the final. Yes. Um, but if the existing sign that's in the utility easement that will be removed because of the, the relocation, if it is currently ARB compliant that the new signage, if it is also, I know you were there more right. than two, um, if I'm stating this properly, um, wouldn't have to necessarily go through that's all correct. the review. That's correct. It would just could be still, Right. And, and part of that is VDOT has indicated that the way the sign removal will go is uh, uh, that the contractor will come out there to remove the sign if the owner wants the sign that and it's the contractor's choice the contractor can just give that person the sign they can set it up someplace set it someplace until the construction's finished and then reinstall it so that's should be a very simple uh, restoration of, of an existing sign rather than creating a new sign at the end of the construction project and I know they talked about 20, I mean 12, I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it's 12. With signs that would be affected by this. So I was just curious on our conversation, is that about 12 businesses who are getting right of way or easement for the utility as well? And have they all gone, are they all at the condemnation or how is that progressing? Uh, a couple of things here. I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, there were 30 total properties that had some easement required for utility relocations. Uh, all of those properties have been cleared. The easements are now uh, available for the design builder to utilize. Through condemnation? Not all through condemnation. How many are through condemnation? I believe it was between 22 and 24 went through some form of condemnation process. Uh, whether it be, actually, I think all of them were what's called a friendly condemnation. Negotiations are continuing into the future. The negotiations aren't done, but the easements are available for uh, use by VDOT and or the design building. I believe there were, there's either six or eight that we reached settlement uh, on those properties that did not receive a notification of certificate. Uh, one point of clarification regarding the signs, and I, I do believe there were. 10 properties with existing signs that would be removed, total of 12 signs. So there were some properties that had multiple signs. Uh, one, one point of clarification, the design builder, quite honestly, will not be taking down a sign, being careful not to damage it, placing it aside. What we're working on right now is trying to identify dates by quadrant of the intersection that the signs would need to be removed by and notifying the property owners to the closing attorney that if you if you want to keep and reuse your sign, uh, you've been compensated for that sign, so therefore you would have to take it down, hire a contractor to take it down and, and, and do it that way. The design builder doesn't want the liability of any damage to that sign. But, but that's an important point. Even though, so even though even though the owner has been compensated for the sign, you're going to give them an opportunity, the owner, an opportunity to remove their sign and and retain it. Expense, though, correct? Yes. Right. Yes. The compensation does it. It only covers whatever value that VDOT has determined that sign is, but nothing to 
replace it or relocate it. Well, that's correct, yes. Ordinarily, right now, those signs are uh, property of the Commonwealth of Virginia because they have been paid for at fair market value. Uh, if the design builder demolishes, quite honestly, those signs, they're going to go to recycling or a landfill or something right. like that. What we're saying is um, we recognize that there might be a desire to keep and reuse the existing sign, and if the property owner wants to do that, that's okay with us. That's fine. We just need to make sure that it's it's done before the design builder has to do it. Otherwise, they'll they'll probably just have to tear it down because it'll be in their way and relocating utilities. But that's all going to be handled since it's a right away issue through your closing attorney to the closing attorney. Okay. I got a lot of questions. Does VDOT release ownership done? I mean, if if this signs a property of state of Virginia right now, is there a process by which you then release? Uh, I don't know that there's a formal process. I haven't asked that question before, right away. Because some of these signs are very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Yes, I wouldn't want that to come into play later. I would think that's going to be handled through your closing yes. attorney because... I imagine they haven't been compensated. I mean, that negotiation is going to be... Well, that's a different discussion. Well, I understand. Yeah. The other thing is that is the county going to um, require engineering, you know, permits for foundations, um, permits for construction, permits for <coughs> because the signs that we're talking about for the most part are pretty large signs. Yeah. Karen specifically is a very large, expensive sign. It doesn't just go up overnight. It, I, and I'm sorry I wasn't at the planning commission. I didn't hear about it. Is it, are those pieces in there for that? Yeah, that's they would need a sign, uh, another permit, that, and that's just because there's a requirement under the building code to ensure that it's a safe. Safe. Now, one of the questions longer term that's going to for the second phase it's going to be considered is would the county waive the fees or and there's some question whether you can waive fees or whether it's possible that the economic uh, development authority could reimburse people for fees sure. so i mean that, i understand the needs for, for the engineering and all yeah. of that that's important but the fees i think are, are something that we yeah can. that's being looked at and that's going to be considered with the the second phase of this uh the sign thing and is this first phase just the 12 that are currently? Yeah, it's just intended to address any sign that was that the removal was necessitated by the construction project. Okay. So, okay, sorry. Right, just one more point of clarification. If it's just 12 identified right now, I got I know a property owner that happened to get a letter this week from an attorney in South Carolina that. Is coming to to do an appraisal on that particular property. So, in anticipation of a second round of pay, so there might there might be more um, signs or infrastructure that falls into that category. So, will this round have language that could fold that in, or is it going to have yeah. to go for a second? One? If it no no if it if it. If, if VDOT came back and for whatever reason decided there was additional signs and easements or right-of-way that was needed and was necessary, those temporary sign provisions that we considered would, would work with them as well. Okay, so it's not just so It's not property specific. Well. specific. Okay. It's yeah. specific to the construction area. construction area. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. Okay. Okay. I was just like to reiterate, yeah. there was about 30 properties and at this point, six to eight have reached settlement, and the rest are still in friendly condemnation, which means they may or may not be negotiating with the 
property will be taken one regardless. What I heard Dave say, it has been. Right. It has been. It has, yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. public record, right? Yes, but the, okay. the negotiation may continue on uh, for some period of time. Sometimes they draw, draw out for quite a, quite a while. Right, which rolls into my, my other question I had, which is about the schedule. So we've gotten this in November, which mm -hmm. is great, that kind of you know showed us by each project a monthly. And now I, I, I looked through, I couldn't find it. We had it updated other than just the design build schedule. So I was wondering where these two kind of overlay because the scheduling of if condemnation, if the you know, negotiations aren't met until, you know, I'm looking here at June when the utilities are going to be relocated. Where are, are, are we still on this schedule that we're looking at for that? That schedule is actually moving faster for some of the projects. Right. So yeah. Back to the yeah. Sign question. Probably should some go back. Maybe taken if the negotiations haven't been met um, to move forward with this schedule of June for um, utility relocation for the properties that have been yes um, yeah. and that's why what we're doing right now is trying to identify and generally we're doing it by quadrant of the intersection or what corner of the intersection uh, to identify a date by the time that those signs do need to come down if you want to salvage that sign uh, we're hoping to have that by early next week so we can communicate that to the closing attorney so because the closing attorney has to communicate to the property not the, uh, we don't want to be saying something that's in conflict with some some negotiation we're not aware of. Right. Uh, the the schedule that you have there, the one that we looked at in November, uh, was a for the procurement was an actual schedule. It was an estimate of the schedule right. beyond that. Now we have the design builder schedule. They've accelerated quite a bit to, in order to meet the deadlines. We'll go back and we'll go back and update that right. schedule. Yeah, yeah, it's going to move around, but we should keep it updated. For right. you. Dave, do you think so? It doesn't kind of get lost somewhere. Do you think uh, by the next meeting, by the next meeting, we could have a a schedule of when property owners might expect to hear from the closing of property owners who have signs that are affected might expect to hear from the property owner um, from the closing attorney. I, I think, or is that apt to happen before the next meeting? It, with regard to the signs, yeah, determining what the dates are for each quadrant when they would have to come down. We better have that early next week. Yeah, okay. It would be okay. well in advance of the next meeting. Okay, okay. What, what my plan is, and it won't be any secret at all, we can obviously... Well, when we have it, I can share it with them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we will communicate that to the closing attorney, and then we're, okay. we're out of the picture. That's, okay. That's a negotiation between the closing all attorney right. and the property. Have all of the takes been marked? Have all the takes been marked? I... Uh, Honestly, do not know. I can I, check into it. I know a property owner um, that hasn't has. Some, I, I, I do. I know. I know. I know one. Empirically, I know one. Quite well. That, you have that, a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who has a friend? Yeah. And I have a girlfriend in Canada. <laughs> um, but the uh, I don't have any idea where this property owner has had an easement. And it would be beneficial for 
and I, I'm just speaking for myself, but I think all of the takes should be marble so that we know what we're dealing with. I'm, I want to ask about site lighting and, and other infrastructure that doesn't fall under the category of signage, but requires permits to move mm -hmm. or, or change. Um, I don't know if my site light is inside that easement or will be affected. And because the VDOT negotiator is done his job, he's out. Won't return my calls. He's not out. Well, he, he doesn't return my calls. Then and we can rectify that. If he's watching right now, maybe he'll call me. Um, if he's and, watching and, right now, he better call you. And, and, <laughs> and, and Dave is kind of taking my calls, and I talked to the closing attorney. Um, but I can't, I, I, and I talked to the surveyors that were in the parking lot, and I can't get anybody to mark it. Um, so anyway, I'm just suggesting that the property owners have. That's a pretty reasonable oh, suggestion. And the letters, the certificates to take were. I'm going to say they were meets and bounds. I mean, they were verbal descriptions of where they were mm -hmm. to take. And that's great to. Well, there's a plan associated with that. They're in. I handed it to the surveyors for the contractor, and they didn't say they. They said they didn't have enough information to. I mean, they might have been protecting themselves. We will. Uh, it would be great if, if I understood what was the, the right-way agent who's the negotiator in that situation uh, would, they're, they're still around, they're supposed to still be engaged, uh, answer questions that you may have that are not of a legal nature. And that's a perfect example where if there's a request to mark the easement, you can communicate it to that right-of-way agent, VDOT right-of-way agent, and we can have a right to mark it. Uh, I'll look into that specifically. We can talk That'd be great. And if there's anybody, if there's any other, you know, I, I just would suggest that that the other property owners are offered the same opportunity. Okay. One, one other thing is we can also put the right-of-way plans on the website. We haven't done that yet. Sure. Through negotiations, but um, that might answer a lot of your questions, maybe not all of them, or, or whoever's questions. Did you say if we can or we can? No, we can. We can. Okay, problems. then let's then let's do. It. Yeah. So, Lou, let you and Debbie figure out. Okay. Thank you. Henry? Wait, well, hold on one moment. Karen, oh, were you uh, finished? Yes, thank you. You sure? Okay. Henry? No, I just okay. wanted to confirm with Mark, which what I thought I was understanding about the new ordinance, that it's not specific just for this project. It is for other projects of this nature that if VDOT is doing a project similar to this, no, there are temporary easements. We talked about making it more general with the second phase, but it's supposed to be fairly specific to this, this project. Yeah. When we say project, what do we mean? All in this, all of the Route 29 no, the, projects. The boundaries came, and I wish I could remember the exhibit. They called it a tier, tier two. They had a boundary uh, from a VDOT exhibit that they were using, and. Uh, they defined it as anything within that tier two area. So essentially about the GSI. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 But not property specific around the no. GSI. No. It was based on project limits. Yeah, it was a okay. project limit thing. Right. I, I just can't remember what the exact thing was called, but it's a, it's a map. It shows that project area. Okay. 
Anybody else? Okay. Let's look at our, this is the review, this took the place of our procurement schedule that we were tracking, if you recall. We said, well, we're finished with procurement, so let's track these design submissions. We had two, the first two that were scheduled, uh, as you all know, came in, uh, came in ahead of the schedule. The next thing we would expect to see, Dave, would be the 60% plans on RIO, which are scheduled for June 24th. I'm betting they'll come in sooner than that. As we get closer, or as you know more, I'd like to give the panel a heads up so we can be as prepared for that as possible. And if you recall, we talked about the 60% uh, at the meeting following the receipt of the 60% plans, might have a little bit deeper discussion about those with uh, with the panel. I think Mark, you had suggested that. I, I think by next week, we'll probably be getting some information out about the timeline for the next okay. round of submittal. One other thing is we will be getting some um, advanced work package plans, which won't you tell them what that yeah, what that means? The, the advanced work package plan. There are there's work in. We talked about these jurisdictional areas before, where there's streams and wetlands, where the Corps of Engineers has jurisdiction and has to issue a permit. There are areas that are not in jurisdictional waters where the design builder can do some preliminary grading work. What they generally have to submit is erosion control plans, stormwater management plans, satisfy those environmental requirements, and then they can actually get out and do some early work in areas that don't affect environmental resources. So we'll, we'll be seeing some of those coming through here pretty shortly. You know, for instance, in the median of Route 29, and they might be able to do some grading in there uh, a little bit earlier, but it doesn't affect any stream or wetland or anything of that nature. So those plans will be coming in shortly. Uh, what I have heard is all of the future plans will be accelerated similar to the 30% plan. So I think next week we might be able to. You think that'll probably hold true for all three projects? I do. I do. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. But as long as we can keep up with it. Yes. Okay. Um, any questions on that schedule? And Karen, we will go back and and we'll keep, we'll keep tabs on, I'd say at least a rolling monthly basis Deb, if you can keep tabs with Dave, we'll just up, we'll keep updating that overall five project schedule uh, as as often as as necessary. Uh, any other thing else on the okay? All right, Dave. Um, rather than just list the projects, because this issue of project updates is going to be more and more important to us as construction is actually moving forward. We'll include just a few bullets on each project uh, for your part of the update day, and then you can fill in fill in blanks as you as you go there. Okay, uh, all, all of these are broken down, and what happened this week? What's going to happen next week? So it gives us an idea of what our current status is, what to expect in the next the coming week. 
this is how we usually do our schedules, look ahead schedules, two or three weeks, so we know what's coming in the future. There has been a lot of activity on the 29-250 interchange project. Uh, this week they're continuing construction of the stormwater basin in the southwest quadrant of the intersection. Uh, they have done quite a bit of clearing along the ramp adjacent to Best Buy, so between 29 and Barracks Road. Uh, you'll notice barrier wall up there, they've cleared behind it, the slope that's almost complete. Uh, and they have cleared the median of Route 29. Um, one thing that I did mention at our last meeting that I'd like to provide an update on, it doesn't really have to do with that project other than uh, some potential traffic effects, but at the, 20, the 250 bypass and Ivy Road, there was some maintenance work that was scheduled for that. It was supposed to begin on Monday evening. Uh, it was delayed because of weather. So they started that last night and they'll complete it tonight. And there are nighttime lane closures between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. So if you're out driving and you see it, that's what that's about. That's a maintenance project, not part of the 29-250 interchange project. Uh, also, this week, just wanted to let everybody know that Lou and I had a meeting with four of the property owners on Wayne Avenue. This is at the bottom of that big slope from the 250 bypass. Uh, they wanted to talk a lot about sound walls. And one of the things I'd, I'd like to report back is we went and showed them the plans and the aesthetic treatments, and they were very pleased in the direction that went uh, as a result of, I think, John Nunley uh, started that discussion. Yeah. And collectively, we, we effected a change there. So they're very grateful for that change. Uh, work next week, they will work to establish the work zone for the Route 29 median work. This is installation of storm sewer, uh, relocation of a gas line, and some widening on the southbound lanes. Um, they will continue the stormwater management basin construction in the southwest quadrant and begin that median work on Route 29 probably later in the week next week. Any questions on 250, 29? Uh, on the media strip where all the trees have been removed, I cannot remember if the plans showed that there will be new trees placed in the median or those trees are gone and never replaced. There was not a planting plan submitted with the final plan package. Uh, you'll recall that, that there's a lot going on in that median, the, the sidewalk be in the median guardrail. Um, but that's something we're looking into right now. We're going to find some opportunities to do some planting, whether it be in the median or somewhere else, to uh, introduce some new vegetation in that area. Okay. And we can show that as we move forward with those plans. So if, if, if that is something we do move forward with, it would be something you would put into the contract? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was my question. Well, actually, and then um, it's probably going to show my ignorance to ask because when I drove down this afternoon, just all the big trees turned upside down and chopped up. Is there any way to repurpose them or relocate them instead of have to totally destroy them? Like well, that? trees, trees that no, they're pretty mature, yeah. but yeah, yeah, they can't be relocated. Um, can be repurposed. Right, it's lumber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, that was what the plan was for a lot of that. Use it for mulch or something along those lines. Anything else on 29 250? 
Dave, active signal. All right, an active signal is worked this week. We was conducting the borings and placing junction boxes at polar grounds right at the intersection of 20I and installing loop detectors at Timberwood and Town Center. So they progressed all the way to the north end of the project. They're about greater than 80% complete with phase one of adaptive signals. So by next month, they'll be off of 20I. They'll be doing some improvements to the signals on the loop hydraulic derived extended communications to those in the future. Next work, they'll be installing loop detectors. These are those loops in the pavement that read when a car is on top of them to change the signal at Shoals, and they will pull the communications wire at polar grounds from the conduit that they installed this week. Any questions on adaptive signals? Questions on adaptive signals? Okay. Raya? Okay, this week we will be reviewing the engineering traffic data. This is the first round of the traffic model that was built by the design builder for their specific design. I believe we just got that yesterday, so we're starting to look at that. Dave, give them just a little explanation because this is our favorite word, phrase, traffic model. This isn't a forecast model for corridor planning. This is a design traffic for very specific purposes. It's a program called VISM, and it looks specifically at the Rio Grade Separated Intersection Project area. There is a projection component that's done outside of the model. What this is, I'm sure you've all probably seen these before. It's a little simulation with the cars going through the signal and showing how traffic operates. So what we do is we look at that. We look at the model. We look at the assumptions that were used to create the model. We look at the volumes that were used. We look at impacts to adjacent signals to make sure that what they are showing us that they're going to do is what we want them to do, and it's consistent with what we've said. So that's effectively what the traffic engineer does. And that's a typical part of any project in the design phase. Very much so. Also, the design builder, Lane Foreman, will continue with utility test holes in the roadway using nighttime lane closures. There's only a few instances left where they're trying to locate these utilities vertically. They'll complete supplemental surveys. That does not require any lane closures. This is usually in the areas of where these easements are, where they're locating signs and poles and things like that, making sure they're verifying the survey that we provided to them. They'll continue the utility relocation design and coordination. I believe this week, either this week or early next week, they are submitting the preliminary utility relocation plans to the utility owners for their review and expecting to receive that back very quickly. And they're continuing to work on the design packages, the advanced design packages that we discussed earlier, and the 60% plans. Work next week, VDOT is meeting with Lane Corman, excuse me, VDOT, FHWA, and Lane Corman are going to meet to discuss their Stage 1 bridge report. We have a few outstanding questions because it's a very unique and complex design. Tell them what a Stage 1 bridge report does. Yeah, Stage 1 bridge report is the bridge equivalent of a 30% roadway plan. 
and it's uh, it goes through the, the process of how they selected the type, the size, and the location of the bridge, and how they're proceeding with design, so that we see it to know if they're going in the wrong direction, we want to right that ship now instead of in the future. So we're going to sit down and go over their stage one bridge report uh, next week. They will complete their field investigations next week and continuing working on the design packages and 60% plans. Um, I do have a note here that it's possible that we could see 60% plans as soon as the end of April or early May. Okay. All right. Questions on Ryder Road? Uh, yeah, the new engineering traffic data I thought we had done all of that before. Why are we doing this? Again? VDOT developed a VISM model for our conceptual design. Yeah. And what we did was we gave that model to Lane Corman, knowing that their design was a little bit different than ours because things like turning movements and the way they design the signal affect the model. So we said, here's our conceptual design model. You need to make this specific to your design. That's what they've done. But they have to do also do traffic analysis to demonstrate to VDOT that any changes in our design still meet the requirements, technical requirements of the request for proposal. So this is not the 70,000 cars in 2040. This isn't that kind of modeling. This is very specific, very detailed modeling that's used for design purposes. Yes, operational analysis. It, it too is part of the design of any project. Okay. So in the best scenario, it changes the original projections by plus minus 5%. It won't even deal with those original projections. No changes in projections. They're really traffic movements. How does the traffic move through the intersection? The, the turns in the intersection. The, the turns, it's their signal design, what are the cues? We had some parameters in the contract that we were measuring them against and saying you have to meet or exceed these uh, based on delay time and queue lengths. And they have to prove to us that our design does that. Not only our geometric design of the intersection, but also our signal time. Okay. So that's Maybe how we understand Not today. The traffic part will It'll always just stay a little bit ahead of it. <laughs> okay. But again, I just wanted to make the point that this design traffic and uh, traffic analysis for operational design is not the traffic forecasting uh, exercise that we went through earlier this year, later, well, actually later last year. And it is a part of every project. It's not something that's because the GSI is different, it's requiring some something different that VDOT normally wouldn't do. This is a normal progression of a project through the design phase to construction. The standard operating procedure. Standard operating procedure. Well, you know, I can give you an analogy. This is mechanical, mechanical or electrical? Mechanical. Mechanical. So if, if you designed a pump and you said, okay, I want you to manufacture this pump, and they went in and they re-engineered it 
you would want some model to show that, okay, this pump achieves the same goals that I intended it to. That's the same process. Yeah, it meets the spec. It meets the specification, yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. Do you have a question? Oh, I guess it's, it's a more tweaking and fine-tuning the design, the overall design, as opposed to what you said, all the numbers. So something could affect the design of how a left turn lane, um, if it's, you know, needs more queuing and all of that, is, is it going to flow in that type of design? Or? Absolutely. It, it's moving in the direction of our, do we have enough storage for our left turn lanes? Do we have to adjust the signal for more green time in a certain phase? Those <coughs> things, but the reason it had to be done is, as you're well aware, their design was a little different than ours. They, they shortened the bridge, they shortened the retaining walls, they you know, made some, uh, some modifications. And now we're saying as a result of that, you have to prove that it works the way we intended it to with yeah. the same minimum requirements that we included in the contract. So that's why they have to do it. The results of that are, you know, there, there may be some minor changes to their design that have to be made specifically with regard to lengths of storage and things of that nature. When you say shorten the bridge, I remember the conceptuals, you had a very wide bridge at yes. one time. Yes. And then during the conceptual stage, Shorten. What you're saying is it's even shorter now? Yeah, yes. If you'll recall, it went from like 500 to 350 to just under two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on Raya? 29 Lightning. All right. Um, Last week, we met with Lane Foreman and discussed their 30% plan submittal and our comments back to them. Every time we do one of these uh, submittals, we do have a meeting with them very shortly afterward to discuss any comments that they want clarification or further discussion on. Lane Foreman is working on providing responses to our comments at this point to say, yes, we'll make this change or whatever their, their response is. We'll get that uh, likely late this week or early next week. Uh, in addition to that, they're performing hand augering at the culvert locations. So this is based on geotechnical data, and they, they do this by hand, so there's not some big drill rig out there where they just get some samples where they're, they're going to have future culverts to make sure that the, the ground is suitable to hold it or whether we need to provide some more uh, improvements there. And they are beginning work on the advanced, well, they have been working on the advanced work packages and they will be starting on the 60% plans based on our comments from the 30% plans. Uh, work next week will include, uh, they'll complete all of their utility test holes. Uh, the ones that they're working on right now don't require any lane closures. They will be inspecting the existing drainage culverts to determine if, if they can be reused or have to be replaced based on their structural capacity and hydraulic capacity. Again, no lane closures required for that, and they'll continue working on design packages and 60% plans. Any questions on Route 29 Lightning? Brad, we just talked about 29 Lightning, but did you want to? <laughs> of course. Yeah, I know you mentioned you had something on the multi-use path. Uh, just the concerns that there may not be any kind of physical barrier of separation between that multi-use path and the, the traffic. 
uh, based on the designs. Would be an eight foot grass yeah. strip? Just grass, and that still doesn't provide too much sense of safety. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I assume from the designs I looked at, I assume that's all it was, that there was no landscaping, no vegetation, didn't seem like much else. Well, the, the 30 percent plans are not going to show landscaping. Okay. Uh, that's a, a excellent opportunity for landscaping in that area between the roadway and the shared use path. The reason it's located eight feet from the roadway is be, that's the requirement for a shared use path with that type of facility to provide a, a safe facility. Um, but they have not done a landscaping plan today. Okay. All right, I'll share that with people. Yeah, I mean, you know, eight feet is a good amount of distance, except for when a car is traveling 55 miles per hour and pulls off that road. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just to follow up on that, there still would not be trees in that space between the curb and the, and the multi-use path, would they? Because that would still be part of VDOT's clear zone. They, yes, it is part of the clear zone. Yeah, this, this is a... Um, this is a Tell them what the clear zone is, though, because that's another inside baseball term. Yeah, the clear zone is an area beyond the roadway where you don't want to have a, a fixed object that, if a vehicle hits it, is going to cause somebody injury or excessive damage to a vehicle. We try to provide space where if somebody does run off the road, they can recover and get back on the road. Or if they can't recover, it's not a situation where there's a major accident or fatality. And it varies based on the type of road, speed, things of that nature. Generally, 24, 25 feet for a roadway of this nature. Um, we don't like to put trees within the clear zone because they are a fixed, fixed object hazard. Obviously, a vehicle traveling at 45, 50 miles an hour hits a tree head on. It's, it's not a pretty situation. VDOT generally will allow trees four-inch caliper or smaller. Uh, I think what, what I would like to do, what I, I hope everybody agrees with, is find species that we can utilize in these areas that don't grow to in excess of a four-inch caliper. So it's a safe facility, and we also have some uh, a lot of vegetation along the board. Yes, in this day is uh, we, we mentioned that landscaping would not be we wouldn't have expected to see that in the 30% plans. Do we expect to see some proposed landscaping? Yes. In the, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, right. If I recall correctly, they're, they're working on some preliminary okay. landscaping plans now. Okay. So okay. we will be able to see okay. and be able to comment and provide any right. Okay. What's, what's happening on the, on the side of the road between uh, the asphalt and that, and that grass? Barrier. Curb. Curb is curb and gutter? Yes. All the way up? Yes. So it's not just a drainage dish? No, no. All this is a closed storm sewer system. So the curb, curb would be your first inclination you're driving off the road. <laughs> yes, it would. And it would be your first. Based on that facility, we have a, a, a mountable type of curb. So it's not a six inch vertical curb, it's a four inch curb that's a little softer. And there's a lot of discussion about vehicles launching off curbs and things. So we're, we're making sure we're adhering to the standards. <coughs> I just wonder if there being a curb there might allow to, to come inside that, that space with bigger trees. I, I, I don't know. 
And the eight feet is from the back of the curb. Yes, but from the face of the curb. From the face of the curb. So if your concern was pedestrian safety, are there other, what other potential features might even be? For me? I'm looking at, actually, I'm looking at Dave. Yeah, you look at Dave, you're looking at the brainstorming question. Dave to sit next to um, <clears throat> Just wondering what else would even be on the menu of options to try to lump the impact of a car that went over the curb. It's, are you I mean, suggesting that we run Jersey barriers? Well, that's, <laughs> you've got aesthetics and you've got safety, and oftentimes they're in conflict. Well, the first obvious answer is guardrail, but that's not a good answer. Because yeah. guardrail in itself is uh, it's a hazard to motorists. It's a hazard to the people that are using the shared use path. Um, and it's a maintenance issue, and it costs money. There's a lot of issues there. There's a lot of studies that have been done that uh, at a federal level and a state level to determine what is the optimal offset distance from a roadway with certain characteristics for a shared use path, and that's what we follow. Um, so I wouldn't recommend any additional barrier or, or anything between the roadway and the path. I think let's get this, let's get the next submission in. We're going to see the plans in the next submission. Uh, which I can't remember. I think they're scheduled like out in August. Yeah. So we're going to see that sometime this summer. Oh, probably late June. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Okay. Okay. And any other, um, it sounds to me like something though, that any other thoughts from the panel on that issue, just go ahead and collect them and we can get them, can get them to you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Anything else on 29 Lightning? Um, do you remember what the major comments were that uh, we, you had for the He does and he's going to get to those. Oh, okay. We've got that. Page. I think uh, next agenda item in a few in a few days. Okay, uh, Burke Mark stated, uh, seems like that project's been a little sleepy. We don't hear a lot about it, but there has been a lot of work going on by the design builder. Uh, that's the 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 only project that's on new alignment, uh, with the exception of the Hillsdale Extended, the only design build project that's on new alignment. So they've been focusing on doing a lot of drilling for geotechnical data, finding out, you know, where's the rock at, what does the soil look like. Uh, that's been kind of going on in the background because there's no lane closures associated with it. And they'll continue to do that this week as well as next week. And they are working on some advanced design packages. That's a project that is well suited for uh, getting some packages submitted, getting out there, uh, starting work on some of the areas that are not adjacent to streams level. So we should see some of that uh, pretty soon here. But they'll continue to work on those advanced design packages and 60% uh, plans um, into the foreseeable future. And the right of way has been acquired by now? No, sir. Not yet. No, we have not acquired any right of way for the Burkmore alignment. That will be done solely by the design builder on behalf of PDOT. Um, Pete, I think you mentioned that somebody had been contacted about kind of a phase two right away on right road. So they are now starting uh, valuation appraisals uh, on some of those properties, but they've not been acquired. Okay, but the actual right of way 
when the plant has been pinned down. Yes. That, that's done. Now it's a question of acquiring. Yes. <coughs> so those, those contacts are, are um, by the by representatives of the contract. Yes. As opposed to the representative of VDOT that did the first round. Yes. <coughs> Any other questions on Burkmar? Okay. I only uh, I only decided to add these bullets for the projects last night, so I didn't mean to shortchange Hillsdale. And going forward, we'll uh, we'll be sure, Chris, that we get some bullets from your project team, uh, and I'll include those in here as as well. But Dave or Chris, will you give us a Hillsdale? Yeah, I, I went ahead and okay. took care of prompt this morning and Thank you. got some updates. Thank you. Um, work that's happening currently uh, in this project probably appears to be a little sleepy as well, uh, given that much of the work is, is invisible at this point, but there is a fair amount of work that's happening. Um, there's a review of scope with Albemarle Service Authority on a, on a betterment uh, project that, that's part of this. Uh, apparently they have some utilities in there that could be served while this is being constructed, so they're looking at that, hoping to add that. There's a review of uh, stage one bridge report. There's one bridge as part of this um, roadway. So that review, those comments were received and responses in progress. Now, there's also one major building that's going to be split by this road uh, through the Seminole Shopping Center. They're outlining the scope of what that's gonna look like so that the right-of-way acquisition can start. That's one of the more complicated pieces, I believe. Uh, there was a coordination meeting that VDOT had uh, with the post office. Uh, if you have anything further on that. I, I, I don't, unfortunately, I was not able to attend, but that was, um, I think that's a big step in the right direction to accelerating uh, the acquisition of those, that property, if I know, as I'm sure acquiring federal property is not yeah. a quick process. So I think ensuring that Post office that local postmaster is comfortable with agreeing on what is needed is, is a big step in the right direction there. Okay. And then coming up uh, in the future, they're going to be finalizing the environmental evaluation, preparing to submit that to VDOT. Uh, there's going to be an up update to the website, which hasn't happened uh, very recently, and an update to uh, the stakeholders committee that uh, probably is not that recent. The environmental, that would be just a reevaluation of the yes. older EA, right? Yeah, and I, yeah. that was partially done already. Yeah. I think there's some updates based on the bridge yeah. design, because okay. that, uh, that's kind of a new twist on environmental okay. impacts. Okay. Or lack of impacts. Fewer yeah. Impacts. Okay. Chris, thank you. Anything else on Hillsdale? Well, the thing with the post office uh, kind of got me a little bit concerned. Besides whatever the bureaucracy, you know, where you have to deal with a higher level bureaucracy, not federal, um, it's just eyeballing it. It's a very tight fit between the, perhaps you call it bottling plant, and uh, the, the service shop that the post office owns and uh, the ability to drive around that shop and all of that. Impaired, I guess. Uh, no, I'm very curious about the detailed design of that stretch. 
it is a, it is a tight fit, and yeah. they've uh, done a good job at, at picking an alignment that fits through there. It minimizes it just makes it. Yeah. The post office is, is where there's a little more major grade difference, and that's where the bridge. Well, that's where you have the creek. You're right. The post office sits a lot higher than Pensacola. But the, the roadway is located um, very close to the grade at the back of the parking lot at the post office. And then there's actually access roads that access uh, Pepsi's property there. I think there is a ball on Pepsi's side, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's successful. Are those drawings on the Solutions 29 side? Uh, no, we don't have They are not. We, I just wrote myself a note. Yeah. What about 30% plans on Hillsdale? And we need to, Dave, maybe you work with your contact there at the city and let's. Yes, we. we I haven't looked to see what's on this city site. There are some plans there, but I don't think there's any engineering drawings, I don't believe. Yeah, we're, we're at a precarious time where pretty soon here we're going to be getting the 60% plans. You know, do we move forward with those? Uh, I think those would be the ones to take a close look at uh, as far as what those final details look like. Okay. When do you think I, I'll look into that for you. Yeah. When do you think you have those 60%? Uh, I believe the end of this month or beginning of May is, is the time frame that told. I'm just curious because I know it's a challenge. Well, let's put those in the same, I think it's a challenge. In the same review loop then. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that, that, that project is a challenge. There's no doubt. There's well, the rest is not so, so bad. I mean, tearing down a building, well, that's, that's easy. But uh, there, where you have to get between two buildings, existing buildings at different elevations, uh, there's limited space. Uh, I think that's uh, what I call it. Looks like a challenge. Maybe you know, people that sat down and worked on it, they solved it. Anything else on Hillsdale? Thank you again, Chris. Henry asked about, uh, so generally speaking, what were the comments on Route 29? And I did ask Dave to, to just re review those highlights for us. Yeah, and first off, as you can see here, the, uh, there were no major issues. There was nothing we saw that shocked us. Everything was very consistent with what they submitted in their technical proposal. Uh, we did provide 173 comments to Lane Corman, and while the, that might sound like a lot of comments for a 30% plan submittal, uh, I'd say that's pretty typical. Uh, we're picking up a lot of things that we're expecting to see in 60% plans that we know they're not going to have the details worked out in the 30% plan. But we make those comments anyway, just so they're aware of where the direction we're expecting them uh, so I, I think um, they were very receptive to that and viewed it as, as helpful uh, because that was the intent. We're trying to you know, make sure they're going in the right direction with the design. Most of the comments related to very minor drainage uh, issues. You know, there might be some water traps here. Take a look at that. You know, we expect that again they probably wouldn't have that all worked out in 30% plans, but would have worked out the 60% plans. We did uh, have our, a comment resolution meeting with them following that review. I believe there were 10 or 12 
questions that they wanted to kind of focus in on with asking us to provide some additional information. Uh, we were able to do that, but um, some of it had to do with, you know, where guardrail starts and you know, little things like that, little minor issues, no big picture, your road's in the wrong location, your grades are wrong, nothing, nothing along those lines. Um, again, just the, the last note here is what I mentioned before. I call them forward-looking comments, you know, trying to shape what the expectations are for the 60% plans. And you met your turnaround commitment? Exceeded time. Yes. I think we talked about this here once, I'm not sure, but VDOT sort of standard time frame for a design review is 21 days. We made a commitment to review plans in nine days or, or less. And Dave's batting very well on that and his team. So uh, that's frankly a, a big a big deal. I was going to say, uh, I, first off, I really appreciate you guys sending me the 30% set. If I had some additional comments based on that, should just forward them to Dave or? Yeah, why don't you send them to me, okay. and then I'll make sure that everybody sees right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We, I looked for them on 30% plans, and they may have been on there. It's very possible I may have just overlooked them. But will we get a good sense on the 60% plans of where the retaining walls will be and the rough lengths of? It looked like they were missing, huh? <laughs> may have just because they are. Okay, good. They, a little they, better than that. They're missing yeah. intentionally. Um, what Lane Corman did in their design was really look at how to eliminate the vast majority of retaining walls along that project. That's part of their efficiencies in their bid. It's part of how they're planning to meet the, the project deadlines. Uh, and quite honestly, they, they performed very well in our evaluations as a result of their innovation in eliminating the retaining yeah. walls. There will still be some, no? If I remember correctly, I think there was only one. It's one I think. And it's rather small. It's not very large. So I, on the ease. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And with all the retaining walls that are part of the project are identified on the 30%. On the, on the 30 percent plan. Well, I don't. I'll point you to those. Great. Okay. Debbie, don't let me forget to do that. Okay. All right. Uh, place naming. Uh, the last meeting we had, we had the presentation from uh, John Martin that I think everyone was, was interested in. I've talked with uh, John, the other John Martin. The other John Martin. He's getting all kinds of congratulations. He is. Yeah, he did a great job. There was no no fighting. Or, um, uh, I think as I've indicated to, to some of you, if not all of you, I, I think this is an important item. It's an opportunity we have to do something more than build build a road and. Uh, that's exciting. That's exciting to me. Uh, we had the early assessment from what SIR did, and if you recall, that was all independent. We weren't part of that. 
contacted uh, SIR through VDOT's communications arm. I've talked with uh, John and VDOT a little bit more since then to get a sense of a uh, of game plan moving for forward since soon we will be, we'll start to see some signing plans. And if you'll remember when we had Nathan here for a few meetings, we said we want to see something a little bit more imaginative than green and white, through lane, local lane, Rio Road, east and, east and west. One of the things we, uh, John suggested we do, and uh, we will do with, with the county and the city and the MPO, uh, is understand what any existing and future plans might be in terms of naming that general area or the specific quadrants. And I'm going to keep using the word quadrant for a while since that's one of the things we will need to, to talk about uh, eventually. Uh, as a result of that, uh, work with you all, the county and the city, to create some some straw man straw test names for the uh, for the general area, as well as the specific uh, quadrants. Then get back and share those specifically with the with the interest groups, who I guess. It, immediately would be the businesses in those in those quadrants and eventually not eventually but for the purpose of coming back if we want to uh, I want to I hope we all do make a recommendation to, to VDOT about what may be on those local the, the local signing for the local land uh, we looked at some examples that said, well, that doesn't have to be green and white. That could be a different uh, color sign, not anything we make up. But there are more opportunities now to do something differently. And those signs that VDOT will be putting up, it's an opportunity to create a sense of place for each one of those, of those corners. Now, that's not a small deal. I realize that's a big deal and has a lot of implication, but it's also not something we're going to have 36 months to work on. I mean, by that by then we'll be we're going to be finished here in a in a couple of years. So we need to work through this fairly uh, aggressively and without any distraction uh, soon over the next several me meetings. We we'll have to do it all next by the next meeting. For the purpose of coming back to look at VDOT and say, here's what we would like to say on those on those signs. Um, the first thing to do would be uh, be inventory and get a better understanding of existing plans. And I think it's important to list the city of, of Charlottesville because there might be plans that the county has that either uh, coordinate with or possibly conflict with plans that the, that 
the city may have for other names inside the city. I don't know, so that's a reason to inventory them. And my intention is, it's okay with you all, to start on that next week. Contact, I guess, you, Mark, Chris, to begin with, to get pointed in the right direction, to come back and say, hey, are there are there existing or future plans dealing with naming of this particular area? I mean, I know the answer to that is yes, but just need to get get the information. Because okay. at, at the end of the day, soon, not well, soon, uh, sometime next year, there are going to be signs on 29 at Rio. You're going to have something on them. We can either participate in that or or not. And the or not's not a good choice for, for me. That's how I see a, a general game plan. Thoughts? The SIR uh, presentation we did put up on on the web. I know Pete, you didn't have a chance to to see it, uh, but it is up as part of materials from our last meeting. There's part of it that John didn't give us to put up that I'm going to ask him about. That it was sort of the broader generational conversation uh, or research that he's done, which I told one of the panel members he's pretty protective of because that's a kind of a key part of is his business. Uh, I've had a chance to see it several times and I'm always very interested with it. I could talk about John for a long time. He's John, anybody named John Martin has to be a pretty, he's really an interesting guy and has really got this research thing coupled with a marketing mind in a way that I haven't run across too, too often. He's, he's, a, he's a cool guy and a very good company. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the overall thought here for for next steps. Uh, I hope that's something that that you'll be interested in continuing to talk about uh, and see as an opportunity for for us. I'm sure it'll be yet another item that maybe not everybody will see the same way. I don't I don't know, but uh, it's. It's an opportunity to do something that can uh, be a lasting contribution, I think, to to those areas, particularly noting their identity as as places, places to be, specifically places of of business. Anything? Okay. That was the last agenda item. Uh, Mark covered uh, the temporary signing ordinance uh, earlier. Any IP, any new business or wrap up items from you? Morgan? Just a reminder if we're going to do these double sided, no? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even blame that on anybody. <laughs> Double-sided. You're right. 
I thought thank you thank you for reminding me of that yes thank you very much Fred Project where I have come up with some ideas about signage or 
Is that yeah, I completely? No, it, it's an evolution of everything we've discussed right. so far, okay. including SIR's research uh, on yeah. potential uh, corner or quadrant names, whatever, whatever you want to use. But it's uh, it's the collective of, of everything that we've talked about. But one of the one of the things that we discussed when we met with Lane Corman's folks is a, a keep it simple approach. You know, we can we can come up with a very complex, complicated approach to solving construction phase traffic and really confuse everybody, including ourselves. <laughs> so we've talked about simple but effective. I, I'm hoping that's what we're going to see by the next meeting. Well, that's what I kind of liked about my own plan is that it was the permanent signage with some temporary signage added to it that could be removed after construction. Mechanical engineering. Well, whatever. It's, <laughs> I, I just like that. No, I did it, so I like to do that. Uh, and I never heard about it again. That's why I want to see you what, in what form no, anything ever come back. And that's what's going to happen, I guess, next week. Is what you say. Yes. And then on creating strongman names, I thought you were going to ask us to come up with strongman names. Well, we will. But not today. Not today. Okay. No, not today. But yeah, definitely will. But and the county and the city. Oh, sure, and the everybody city. else. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I was ready with three names. Ah, okay. <laughs> Keep them handy. Keep them handy. Keep them handy. Uh, the other thing I will um, prepare and get back to you to take a peek at is a calendar of future meetings. And for everyone that I did hear from, uh, the thought was having having at least one meeting in July, which I think would be July the 16th. And then I'll use that as a base and prepare the calendar going forward for uh, for the rest of this year and leading up until next summer because that's there's going to be a lot of things happening that I don't think need to take as long as some of our other meetings did but are just going to put more and more focus on the construction reports and construction updates. That's all I had. <clears throat> we good? All right. Thank you very much. And we'll be back here May, no, uh, April 30th. April 30th. April 30th. Thank you very much.